You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. noise of digital how far can this song go that's as far as it goes oh unless you want to take it take it joe saxophone solo beep boop (laughs) beep boop beep it's bebop guys it's bebop okay yeah that was is that you want me to scat over that yeah if you could lady day right here that's who we got Uh, I'm Chris, that's Joe, and we are going to review for you some of the home releases that's come, that have come out recently on Blu-ray and DVD. Uh, warning, this is not one of the more pleasant weeks of titles that we've had to Oh, get. no, that's that's just the, the old sourpuss talk here. It was nonstop hits. <laughs> it, like it was, kids' bop hits. It was pretty easy for me to, to pick my pick of the week. Let me just put it Yeah, me way. too. Yeah. yeah um, me too. And we probably have the same one. I doubt it. Really? Yep. Oh, interesting. Well, uh, before we get started, just know there's a bunch of images on the screen of all the movies we are reviewing this week. If you click on those images, they'll take you to an Amazon.com page. And if you buy that movie from that page after clicking on our link, we get a nice little kickback. Or, in fact, if you buy anything after starting from our links from Amazon.com, we get a kickback. So use our links for all your Amazon shopping needs. Do you think maybe this week, just for this week only, folks, uh, given our catalog... We also insert links to movies we like. <laughs> now, you know, that just sounds like more work, so no. But okay. you guys already know what movies we like, so just click on there yeah, and then go to again. That, You know, yeah. start with, like, you know, our first movie, which you I can't imagine you're going to buy. And then uh, go to a movie you're going to buy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, twofers. Prime Day's over, but just act like it's still oh, around. Shit, I totally forgot. Did you see they had a 55-inch 4K mm-hmm. television for like 400 bucks? Yeah, like three bucks. I was <laughs> like, what? And then I was like, oh, wait, I don't have 400 bucks. Yeah, I, I, I was looking all through it and just like, wow, none of this shit I'm, am I interested in, or it's still too expensive. Yeah, it's all the stuff I wanted was still way out of my price range, so <laughs> uh, what are you going to do? Thanks, technology. Which brings me to our next uh, topic, which is subscribers. Yeah. Become a subscriber so I can get a new TV. Mine, mine uh, is already starting to get those weird parts when it goes all black. You see that there's like something's wrong with the. Oh yeah, it's like ring. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I may only have seven days left of doing podcasts. I don't know um, if it was the ring. So that's only like forty more podcasts for you. Yeah, probably. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Depends on the week. The last week that would be accurate. Uh, but yeah, becoming a subscriber, you get lots of bonus content. There's four different degrees of stuff. In fact, I just today spent all day fixing our commentary section. So a lot of old commentaries that you previously didn't have access to as a Time Lord or Jedi subscriber, you will now have access to, which is quite a few uh, new podcasts that you will get to access, which is pretty cool. And if you're a Time Lord, guys, just go back to the past and, and get it when it was current. <laughs> yeah, if that's a thing you can do, I honestly don't know why you listen to my side at all if you have the ability of time. <laughs> what are you listening to? Why are you even on the internet? Well, because it still takes time to travel through time. And you got to kill time. You got and I'm curious to know who your Wi-Fi provider is while you're in the middle of the time stream. It's Google Fiber. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> they're they're good, man. <laughs> yeah, they think ahead, <laughs> so to speak, and behind. 
but yeah, and then I just uploading to the uh, jet, working on the jet, the highest level, the Jedi, to add a bunch of archival stuff from the old spill days, a lot of which nobody's ever seen before. So that should be interesting. That should, should all be up this week. Chris in a banana hammock. What? What? Yeah, yeah. No, no you, you didn't put that on there? I've never worn one of those in my life. Oh, risque. Yeah, I mean, there's probably some naked pictures of me out there, but not banana hammock. Okay, I mean, whatever you got. Yeah. Uh, like, they just look uncomfortable, you know? <laughs> so always like you see girls wearing G-strings, you're like, why would you wear that? Too clingy. You get that thing up your ass the whole day, you got to be like, ah, get that out of my I mean, head. that might be a part of it. Yeah, maybe so. All right, without any further ado, let's go to the reviews. Reviews. And we're going to start off with the aforementioned movie that I'm certain you're not going to buy. My pick of the week. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, it is. No, it is yeah, not. Yeah, it is. Chips is your pick of the week. Uh-huh. It sure is. Okay, I'm going to have to hear your explanation for this. This is an adaptation of uh, the old, was it 70s? Yeah, 70s to 80s television series that uh, starred uh, Eric Estrada most famously from it. You know, as, yeah. as, as an Italian guy, which they uh, explain. Yes, they sort of. <laughs> uh, Michael Pena is taking over that role here as Poncherello. With um, Dax Shepard, the guy everybody goes to see movies for, yeah, playing the other guy. Well, he's he's married. He's married to to uh, the the Veronica Mars. Yeah, he's married to Kristen Bell, who hates him. Who's 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 like, but has never looked sexier. Uh, yeah, it, it really works. There's for a the coming hate. out of the swimming pool scene that I was just like, yep, okay. Yeah, I, Judge Reinhold is actually jerking off. Yeah, right. somewhere Judge Reinhold <laughs> is 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 pulling one out. Um, Dak Shepard also wrote and directed this. Ooh, Dak wow. Shepard fans. Uh, triple threat. Out here. And the story, such as it is, has it where Punch is actually an FBI guy, but they send him undercover to, uh, with the, that's not even his real name. His real name's Castillo. But they're like, oh, this is your name, Poncherello. And we're going to team you up with this rookie motorcycle officer named John, played by Dak Shepard, who is an incompetent police officer, but he's a incredible stunt rider. Like, apparently his past oh, yeah. is he, he working. He can tear some ass. Yeah, he, he's, a, he's a motorcycle and, like, an extreme sports guy. So it's like everything in his body has been replaced with, like, metal parts and shit. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's basically wires. But it's... They're trying to find out there's some – they know there's some corrupt cops. They don't know who they are. And spoiler, you've seen the trailer. It's Vincent D'Onofrio. You know, really, you think Vincent D'Onofrio's in a movie like this and he's not the bad guy? Yeah, come on, people. Just, come on, sheeple. Wake up. They reveal it in the first act. I'm just saying. It's not that big of a spoiler here. And, of course, through the, falling backwards into success, they slowly manage to get their way. To, <laughs> yes. Like, the one thing I'll give this movie is that all the stunts were real. Oh, okay. Um, Dak Shepard – basically picked this because he wanted an excuse to be able to do a bunch of motorcycle shit. I mean, if you got the money for it, why not? And I, I just realized I've said, I mean, like 90 times already. So, I mean, I'll try I to mean, stop saying that. I mean, <laughs> I mean that I mean, <laughs> uh, I found this not as abysmal as people were thinking it was, but it certainly wasn't good. It's one of those, Movies like SWAT or something that you know you only watch when it comes on TNT, like five years after it comes out because you're too hung up over to get up off the couch. Oh, I'm not saying people should bust down doors to blocked up Buster to, to like try to get this motherfucker. Yeah, but, yeah, going into the past with their the only Time Lords can do that. Well, so. back when they could actually go to Blockbuster 
for what was it, the Dukes of Hazard movie? Oh yeah, see that's another one. Like you're kind of like, uh, okay, well actually, Dukes of Hazard is probably worse than this, but it is worse than this. Yeah. That's part of why this is my pick of the week. I st- wow, holy shit! <laughs> yeah. Is it just because the, everything else you just hated more than this? Okay, well, so a little I'm, bit of backstory. Drop in. Uh, okay. I, I as a, as a little kid. Chips was one of my favorite shows to watch. Okay, because uh, it was really cool seeing a Latino in in a in a primary role. Though it was very confusing, like why is why is he Italian? Like yeah. even, even as like an eight year old, I was like, what what the fuck's this about? Right. Uh, that aside, in college, uh, one of the one of the uh, local affiliates would play Chips from like one a.m. to like three a.m. So I got to to relive the majesty and see just how fucking awful it is. It's not good. So the source material is not great. So if if anybody had high hopes for true art, then they're looking at the wrong fucking place. No, that's true. But, you know, I mean, I always say it's the 21 Jump Street rule. Like, just because the source material is garbage doesn't mm-hmm. mean the movie adaptation has to be garbage. Well, so, yeah, yeah, but but we we, we don't have uh, Charming Tater, you know. Like, sure. couldn't get him. Uh, like, they I'd tried. probably put that more on Lord and Miller than on Charming Tater, <laughs> Potato, but sure. Uh, it's, it's, it's dumb. It's stupid. Uh... <laughs> You know, it's, it's it's synonymous. It's like dudes wear my dude wears my car level kind of jokes. Like nothing highbrow at all. No, uh, but I think people actually had fun making it. Oh, that that seems certain. I mean, you watch the bonus features on this thing, and the, which are all introduced by Dak Shepard himself, who is super proud of this movie for reasons that <laughs> nobody knows. reasons. Um, and makes clear he was a big fan of chips, and there's a lot of stuff on here just about the bikes. Like there's a whole feature about just Ducati, which I could have done with all the Ducati love in the, personally. In like, the movie, they're like, "Oh, it's the best bike there is." I'm like, "Is it? Or were you paid money to include?" Yeah, that? let's let's so get a Hayabusa 1600 uh, after that shit, and let's really see. Yeah, there's a bonus feature just about Ducatis in here, and there's a bunch of deleted scenes. Obviously, it's one of those they just kind of let people do their thing, and then chose the best parts. Uh, oh, 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 also part of why it's the pick of the week is uh, the chick who finally ends up with, with uh, Officer Baker at the end. Uh-huh. Thought she was super hot. She was super hot. Yeah. Hotter so. than was deserved. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I just can't. I, I just don't think there's, like I said, the only redeeming thing at all is the fact that, like, wow, these guys were, were ballsy enough to do some of the, a lot of these stunts themselves, and some of the motorcycle work is actually pretty good. But Yeah, I don't really care it, about it's that. It's a fucking action comedy, and yeah, I don't really care. I'm like, oh, all right. These characters are both pretty annoying. Pena looks like, why am I here? I'm a really good actor. How did it, I get into a Dak Shepard movie? It's so that he could get those badass blue blocker sunglasses that he wore so much. It might be that. But, uh, yeah, I am definitely not going to go with pick of the week on this one for me. <laughs> okay. Uh, sorry. Right. But I get that, like, you, for you, this was, like... Mr. Refined actually, Tastes over here. Actually, no, I don't get it still. <laughs> I'm still very confused. All right, let's move on to our next movie, which was the pick of the year for China a couple years ago. Guys. Uh, Monster Hunt, which is a 3D fantasy action comedy adventure film not 3d here um it was a giant success broke a whole bunch of box office records it was the highest grossing film in china before the mermaid by stephen chow broke the record makes me think that suddenly like a bunch more people just start going to see the movies in china (laughs) really (laughs) these two movies were your highest grossing because the mermaid wasn't all that great either well i do have to say for this uh the copy that we got in particular 
awful dubbing. Just super shitty dubbing. And no choice. Right. No like, choice. None whatsoever. What the fuck, man? And the, Why is there no choice? I mean, obviously, like, okay, first off, there's obviously got to be a lot of more, more space available on this disc, right? Mm-hmm. On this yeah. DVD. Yeah. So you're like... You're telling me you had no room for the original language track as an option. Well, and the video transfer was abysmal also. <laughs> it I, was. I, I felt so ripped out of the viewing experience just by the circumstance that I almost think I don't have a good idea of how shitty this movie was, <laughs> but a pretty good idea. Yeah, I, it looks like a video game adaptation it is not it's nothing to do with monster hunter if you will or anything no, else I wish. Any other derivation. I wish it did. um it takes place in you know wushu-ish type past the idea is there were monsters who are all cute gelatinous looking things yeah they look like farts yeah pretty much living <laughs> farts um and the, the humans kicked them all out banished them to monster land but now there's like a coup going on in monster land where the king and the queen are on the run from this new big not terribly scary looking also kind of adorable monster yeah he was yeah. very adorable yeah. it was not a good choice yeah, exactly um and she's pregnant and apparently she can remove the egg and she puts it in the inside of this uh local farmer type guy peasant type guy who ends up teaming up with a hot female monster hunter and together they have to go and figure out what's what and that not all monsters are bad and don't worry folks lots of wackiness that does not come through <laughs> that's very true i mean this is definitely this is you know they're roger rabbit it's animation mixed with live action <laughs> and um it's I mean, I guess if you – the one situation I could see where as an American viewer or an English-speaking viewer where you were like, why would I buy this? Is if you have – if you're really into like martial arts and wushu films and you have a little kid. Yeah, and you want to get them hooked on that crap. You want to get them mm-hmm. into it. I mean, I would recommend this over, say, Enter the Warrior's Gate. <laughs> you know, which is just so At banal. Least the sound was better. Uh, yeah, well, the, the quality of, of the actual uh, release was better for that one digitally. But, th- yeah, this is just, it's just silly nonsense. I can't imagine why you would want to sit through this unless it's just pure curiosity. Like, what the fuck? Why would they? I mean, they're already making a sequel. Okay. Uh, sure. I will try not to make you watch it. Uh, well, we'll see. No, no promises, <laughs> mind you. Yeah, this is bare bones garbage, and you should probably avoid it. Uh, I can say I <laughs> did enjoy it, however, more than Navy Seals versus Demons, which arguably is the second film in a series because there was Navy Seals versus Zombies by the exact same people, and I'm pretty sure there's no actual like direct connection here, other than they're both really bad Z-grade films that still you can tell that the people involved at least probably have been working in the industry for a while enough uh, to know what they're well, doing. You so, know? so here's my take on it. Navy SEALs versus Demons is if you've always wanted to see a porn that has a lot of plot to it, but not so much of those pesky fucking scenes. Sure. Like, this, this is where you go. Yeah, and... You know, I mean, it's the Navy SEALs are basically the sons of anarchy. They're not really, they don't really look much like Navy SEALs. They look like a bunch of biker rednecks. They <laughs> act like a bunch of biker rednecks, and some of them flat out are biker rednecks, and they team up with some biker rednecks. And you're constantly asking, like, so uh, why why these guys to fight demons and shit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you really are. But the government's like, oh, well, there's demons. Well, 
There's a lot of insinuated demons. However, the budget must have been so small for this thing. They were like, you know what? We'll just have these demons wear motorcycle helmets the whole time and then just have two actual guys with special effects makeup. One of which barely has any. Yeah. And the other is like the one they keep showing as much as they can because like the lead demon. You're right, because they made the nose and like they got to show that nose <laughs> off. Exactly. And there's a lot of like the main characters like keeps flashing back to his wife and you're like, Honestly, the last thing I want from you is backstory. Yeah, don't, I, don't, what no, I don't want care. is lots of killing and action, and there's not really a lot of that here. It either. was super fucking lame. Yeah, super lame. Uh, your five year old accidentally kicking you in the nuts is actually more action than in this. And there's a silly thing with like, oh, the the main demon needs to find virgin blood, and then there's like, I guess what this movie would this movie's version of a twist involving that and. I, this is, like, not good enough for the sci-fi channel. Nope. In Back in the day. Yeah. Like, back in the day when they were, like, releasing the worst shit imaginable, this wouldn't have been good enough Is for Chiller still around? This might be good enough for Chiller. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this is... Um, Kick this sucker to the corner. If you if you were drunk enough when you watched it, chew your arm off to get out of bed quietly and leave. Whatever it takes. Yeah, you just hit your head really hard. What you know, just pass out. Just. Navy Seals versus demons. I mean, really, is this a? I guess Navy Seals versus zombies must have made some money because they were like, oh, that's a seems like that's a thing people will rent. But I guess maybe there's just enough military people out there who are like, oh, I want to watch a horror movie. Hey, this one says Navy Seals. I was a, a Navy Seal or I was adjacent adjacent <laughs> to a Navy seal <laughs> i'll get this movie yeah maybe the next one will be like space command versus the yeti I, that sounds more appealing to be honest i, I would want to see that i, I kind of would too all right boy we're gonna be burning through these this week <laughs> because we really there's only so much to tell so it's gonna be a kind of a short cast but uh our next one is actually going to be my pick of the week and this is probably comes as no surprise to anyone because I'm a huge fan of, or was because his recent output not so great. Dario Argento, the Italian director who revolutionized giallo films over there, sort of introducing, making them sort of move away from the sort of darker mystery and more into horror. I mean, mm. so many of the the tale telltale like markings of giallo. Started with this film, The Bird with the Crystal Plumage, which for a long time was kind of arbitrarily available. Like, the last release that came out for it was going for, like, $500. Uh-oh. Like, up until Dude, they you got $500 right there. they put it out a real brief release, and but now Arrow's got their hands on it. They, of course, done what Arrow does. They put out a really sweet release of it and filled it up with extra features that are pretty cool. Um, like, this movie, I mean, if you watch it expecting Suspiria, you're going to be disappointed. Because <laughs> it ain't Suspiria. Suspiria is his peak. That's his plateau. That's as good as Argento ever got. Maybe Tenebrae would be another one. You go, okay, that mm -hmm. was right up there. Mm -hmm. This is him on his way uphill towards that, where you're like, oh, this is him making some very positive strides. But essentially, this feels a lot more like the earlier Giallo films. Uh -huh. I mean, it's a, it's a flat-out, like... Mystery with this guy, Sam, who's an American writer living in Rome with his uh, girlfriend, Julia. Uh, he's got writer's block. He doesn't know what, what he's even doing there, really. But he's about to go back to America, but he sees the attack of a woman in an art gallery, like through this glass he can't get through by, of course, a black-gloved assailant in, like, a raincoat. Son of a bitch. And he can't, he can't reach her. He's got mechanically or, or uh, operated glass doors. But the villain gets away. He manages... The woman ends up, because of his timely arrival, survives. Uh, and the cops get there and everything. And um, it's an art gallery, yada, yada. But the, 
like the police are like, well, you can't leave because you're an important witness. And he's like, I can't remember all the details of what I saw. I was so panicked. I can't see the killer's face, what have you. So, of course, more people started getting killed. He starts getting phone calls from the killer, like challenging him. And, you know, I mean, a lot of this is falling under the tropes that you expect from Diallo. But it's important to remember, like I said, a lot of the things you're seeing here are literally the first time we ever saw these tropes. Mm -hmm. Like where it was like, wow, this was groundbreaking as shit when it came out. Um, And I still think in and of itself, it's a solid Italian Giallo. One of the very best of a more standard Giallos for sure. It just doesn't live up to the masterpieces that that Argento ended up making later. This this kind of made me wonder, like, uh, do I not really care for, for the whole Giallo thing? Uh-huh. Or do I just not like this movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, this is definitely, like, when people say Giallo, sometimes they confuse the horror stuff with Argento with yeah. the entire genre. And mm. most Giallo is more like this than it is, like, Suspiria or what happened. Like, yeah, well, I mean, like, we, we've seen other stuff that was even earlier than this, and uh, obviously not by Argento, but I kind of dug that stuff more. This, it was just kind of, oh, dude, you yeah. got hair, I get it. I don't care. <laughs> you got hair. <laughs> um, of course, there's a big twist at the end. I actually love the person who plays the killer. I think they're, once you realize, once you see who it is, they're actually kind of terrifying. Yeah, right? it was Patty Hearst. Like, full-on psycho. A lot of extra features here. Audio commentary by an author of a book called So Deadly, So Perverse, 50 Years of Italian Giallo Films. Uh, the best thing on here was uh, were uh, two things. The Power of Perception, which is a 21-minute 20, visual essay by uh, Alexandra Heller Nicholas, who takes a look at how in all his films he uses perception or lack of perception as a central point. Like how mm. people didn't see what they thought they saw or how they can't get something out of their mind, how they get obsessed with like a visual image. Yeah, which, which I mean psychologically is a valid point. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> witness testimony isn't so uh, inscrutable. No, in fact, more and more that's becoming where they're being able to throw a witness, ter- testory, ter- witness testimony out of court saying, look, I mean, all the evidence is here. It's incredibly unreliable. Yeah. Uh, Black Gloves and Screaming Mimis is the other one, another analysis of the film. Uh, there's a 2017 interview for 30 Minutes with Dario Argento, uh, an interview with one of the actors from this, another interview with uh, one of the female actors from this, and then a bunch of trailers. Uh, I mean, when, if you're a fan of Giallo, you're a fan of Argento, I would say that this is definitely an essential uh, by, but it's not. I mean, this genre isn't for everyone, and this this film isn't even for everyone who's a big Argento fan. Yeah, uh, did did you mention Morricone doing the the, the sound? Morricone did the soundtrack. Yeah, I was, I, yeah, I, I love him, and I was just like, uh, it's not his best soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I still, because of honestly, a week of uh, <laughs> yeah, this ends up being my pick of the week. And I'm going to overthrow your pick of the week with my pick of the week because I cannot, in good conscience, put a uh, this site recommends chips. Well, you know, you know, on, you know what? People can say Dax Shepard. <laughs> they can say it. Yeah, they can't. They can't say the, all them the weird Italian names. Well, this is good then. It's an education. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> all right, let's move on to this beautiful, fantastic. Imagine Amelie if you took out all the wonder and magical realism and just left with a girl who was, like, poking her nose in everybody else's business. Yeah, just a weirdo. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jessica Brown Findlay plays Bella, who's an Amelie-ish type girl. 
you know, if you've ever seen that movie. If you've never seen Amelie, you should. That's kind of a masterpiece. But, like, it's, you know, she's a, what's the word for it? A pix- magic manic pixie dream girl. Yeah. Uh, well, it's the bangs. Like, if you see yeah. a girl with those bangs. She's by like, default. Yeah. You, you uh, tread lightly. She works in a library. She's trying to write a children's book. Uh, but she gets in trouble because of her neighbor, played by Tom Wilkinson, which is definitely one of the pluses here in this movie, <laughs> yeah. is a cranky old bastard who basically calls the landlord on her because her her backyard is just a jungle, and it's a, he knows that it's on the leash. She's got we, to take care we of don't it. know anybody like that. <laughs> no, I know one. Um, and she ends up talking, getting the guy's like sort of house chef guy, like who's a young, attractive man. To um, leave him and come and work for her instead. And that pisses Tom <laughs> Wilkinson off. But then they come to this weird sort of arrangement. Like, okay, I'll feed you still through a hole in the wall. Uh, uh, <laughs> and you can't talk shit to the chef anymore. And you're going to come and help me fix my backyard. And I'm not really sure how that happened. Yeah, uh, the arrangements in general. I'm just like, uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm, and it's also she's fallen in love with some other dude who's wildly unappealing. Oh, man, he's a bad boy. I'm just like, I don't get it. It felt like she's going to fall with for the chef guy. Right. But then that's not even a thing Mm-mm. here. Um, I, You know, I don't know. This is okay. It's, it got some good reviews, and it's got its charm. And this isn't a terrible movie. It's just I've seen things like this that were so much better than this. Yeah, yeah, constantly. Uh, I was just remembered of like, oh, okay, that's kind of like this. That's kind of like that. But, uh Man, this week, this week, this this stood high. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did by comparison. I mean, it's certainly if you like really, really twee films, but not ones that are like you know Wes Anderson good right. or something or Jean Paul Genet good. But you're still like, man, I need a twee. I haven't had a twee film for a while. Yeah, I got. I, so you got to give me some twee. I got two hours. I need time. Yo, man, you want some twee? I got some tweet. Yeah, hold on. How, how much you want? I got the weak stuff this week. <laughs> I got the. Week. I, sorry, man. I don't have good stuff. I, I I got I got this beautiful fantastic. It's pretty twee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. How much is it? I'll give you first taste for free. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, don't do it, kids. Yeah. Don't even start. That's the best way to stop. I mean, points to Tom Wilkinson here, who is always always great, and he's yeah. pretty great here too. Yeah, he was a bastard. He's such a bastard. You love him <laughs> because you're like, yeah, you tell that fucking irresponsible girl what for. <laughs> well, I I do have to say she was extremely neurotic. But not super annoyingly so. No, it it didn't push it too far. She was just kind of this archetype that wasn't terribly interestingly well explored. Yeah, as opposed to so many other films that have right because when her walls were broken down, it wasn't quite so traumatic as you would think they would be. Yeah, in fact, like she tends to just sail past every crisis that and makes it feel like it's not even a crisis in the film <laughs> which i guess is a, a good way to wrap the film up i guess so uh i can't really recommend this beautiful fantastic but i i know personally people who who love it anyway but i know more that won't <laughs> um another movie that i cannot recommend at oh, all oh my god i hate i hate the trope as it is is life of significant <laughs> soil adding to the list of Films that have gone, what if we took the basic premise from Groundhog's oh, Day? Oh, God damn it. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, before the series is over, they're going to do it to a Fast and the Furious film. Because oh. everybody does. There will be a Groundhog's Day Fast and the Furious film. I'm calling it I, d- I do not want to see Han die that many times. 
<laughs> where Vinny's gonna have to go back to the beginning and fix everything, but no matter what he does, he can't save Paul, and then he's gotta he's gotta come to uh, Paul Walker, and no matter what, he's gotta come to terms with that to yeah. move on to the next. And day. somebody's all like, "It ain't about friends; it's about." And then he goes, "Family." <laughs> How did I know that? <laughs> uh, this is like a really annoying hipster couple. Who who are not even really in a relationship. They're in a relationship. They're not in a relationship. I'm not entirely sure. Because he's fucking this girl he lives with. But he's also fucking the downstairs neighbor who's Mm -hmm. clearly in love with him. But is like too cool to say it or even acknowledge that she is. And the his actual girlfriend knows that he's fucking the downstairs neighbor. And is kind of like, well, I don't really want to. And he... They keep he keeps going through the same day over and over and over again. Yet it takes a while before you, you realize that's what's happening, and not this is just a really dull movie. The way yeah. that keeps showing like oh his at first it was like oh it's just saying his life is really repetitive, and I'm like now okay no the air conditioner the air conditioner guys. <laughs> There's like, yeah, there's like a whole thing. He bought, accidentally knocks the air conditioner out the window, and that becomes a reoccurring thing. And there's <sighs> a thing with like his girlfriend's pregnant. And when that gets revealed in each particular timeline, and I did not see the point of this film on any level. Well, this this uh, I, I've known a few filmmakers in my time, uh, and we can air quote that if we need to. <laughs> who uh, you know, after getting out of film school, they, they they have those those passion pieces they just really got to get out. This feels like one of those. And absolutely, like like from writing to acting to everything else about it, it's just. With some guidance, maybe you could get somewhere, but not with this in particular. Well, see, the main guy, he's such an unlikable on every level man-child of a character. And I don't mean that like my friend's man-child sort of way. I mean... Yeah, like, not charming at all. Yeah. He's like, it's not like he likes comics and video games. He's just like useless and expects everybody to do everything for him. Uh, and the two female characters are both really unlikable and whiny. I, I just... What were we supposed to like about this movie? I mean, there's. Were we, has it, did he never see Groundhog's Day and went? I have a great idea for a movie. Like thinks it's original and that was going to be the thing. And this is really harsh, but like, I feel it needs to be said. Like the 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 acting in this was just kind of like, well, you acted before. Now I'll give it. A, I'll give it a shot, though. Yeah, it does feel like that. Uh, the one that you know, movies stop adapting the Groundhog's Day plot. Television shows, you're going to do it no matter what I say. So you're like, yeah, I, and I don't mind as much. That's 45 minutes. I can deal with 45 <laughs> minutes of Groundhog's Day in the middle of a much bigger running storyline. Sure. That Dark Matter just did a Groundhog's Day episode that ended up being a really great episode. It was like, because they took it and then did stuff with it. There was a total twist you didn't see coming at all. It like changed the overall mythology. I was like, oh, see, that's what you do. It's not just a one-off, fine, I guess we'll do a Groundhog's Day thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Life of Significant Soil is insignificant, and I think this is probably the only time it's ever going to cross your path is listening to this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Don't 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 uh, throw stones at the, the bees' hive. Our last movie is not so bad. No. No, at all. It's just not as good as I wanted it to be. I mean, oh, there I go again. If it, if it wasn't for Chips, this would have been my pick of the week. Yeah, if it wasn't for Bird with the Crystal Plumage, this would have been my pick of the week. And we're talking about Wilson. We did review this on the site. Uh, this is an adaptation of the Daniel Close uh, graphic novel of the same name, who famously did Ghost World, of course, which, mm-hmm. is, which we reviewed uh, a couple of weeks ago. Or something yeah. like that. Uh, this has got Woody Harrelson in the lead role playing a very Daniel Close-ish type misanthrope. Uh, really not all right just real quick i gotta i gotta disagree with with the, the misanthrope thing because it's all over the cover of the of the, the blu-ray i don't 
think he's a misanthrope. No? I, I think he's just a putz. It says right here, Woody Harrelson shines as a comedic misanthrope. Yeah, I think he's just a putz. <laughs> Woody Harry is Woody Harry. Woody Harrelson is a quirky and offbeat misanthrope. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't say that part, but he is a putz. And he's one of those guys. I man, I used to live with a guy who was one of those. My roommate got his friend to come live because we needed a roommate, mm-hmm. and he was a lot like this. We like he was really smart. He had no social skills of any kind. He just didn't bother. Yeah, no filter. Yeah, he had no filter, and he had gotten that point in his life where, I mean, he, I was in my 20s. This dude was, like, in his mid-40s already. You know, okay. He just, we barely ever saw him because he all, he lived in a room that walls were just books. Okay. And he was just like, yeah, I just, you know, whatever. I don't have any interest. Anyway, Woody Harrelson, who is this guy, yes, has his biggest problem is he just doesn't he doesn't have that. He doesn't know how to say things to people appropriate that are appropriate. You know, right. he, he thinks just, he's being funny or or trying to make. I mean, it's not not like he he tries and right off the bat you're like cringing, like God, right. what are you doing? Well, yeah, that, that's why I say he's not because he's constantly trying to make human connections. Yeah, just fucking it up from step one. But he does repeatedly every time he kind of fucks up, go on like a all human suck rant. So well, sure. I mean, you know, your results may vary. <laughs> True. <laughs> Uh, he ends up getting reunited with his estranged wife, played by Laura Dern. Yay, Laura Dern. Um, when he finds out th- that she, like a baby that he thought when they split that she had aborted, that she did not have aborted. Oopsers. She had it and gave it up for adoption. And now the girl, uh, Claire, played by Isabel Amara, is grown up. She's in, like, what, late high school, I guess? Yeah, 17. And she's very unattractive and, and sad and lonely and, and, and neurotic herself. And Woody Harrelson Wilson decides that, you know, this is it. I, a family is, this is obviously meant to be. We're going to be a family. I'm going to, me and, and Pippi will be back together and we'll be mom and dad to this girl and, and try and teach her what's what. And, of course, his plan is not very well thought out and doesn't work at all. And there's a lot of amusement to be found along the way as you watch him, his attempts fail. But there's also a certain level of charm as yeah. she, she does just start to come out of her shell when she realizes this guy really is my dad. And holy shit, I'm just like him. <laughs> yeah, genetics is a bitch. Uh, a lot of good smaller roles here by Julie, Judy Greer, Sherlock oh, Hines. Judy. Uh, Margot Mart- Martindale, she's so great, man. I'll watch anything she's in. Mary Lynn Rashkub. Uh, yeah, I, it's one of those movies I recommend, but only to people who already like this genre of stuff, this type of stuff. Like, if you're a really big Daniel Close fan, I think you'll be like, yeah, it's good. You won't yeah. think it's better than Ghost World, but you'll be like, yeah, it's good. <laughs> well, no Buscemi. Huh? No Buscemi. No Buscemi. Buscemi notably missing from the cast here. What the hell? <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a good Woody Harrelson performance. And honestly, even if you didn't care about clothes at all, it'd be worth watching just to watch Harrelson just, you know, kind of in his weird way charm you. Yeah, I, I, I really wanted to make it so that Laura Dern was just reprising her role from Wild at Heart. <laughs> <laughs> this is how it plays out, people. I don't think I would want to see... Laura Dern going to this version of Woody Harrelson going, mm, you got me as hot as Georgia asphalt. I'm like, I don't want to see these two people fuck. Yeah, they're both gross. They're both gross. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're not attractive people on any level. Because she's also just a train wreck of a human being. Yeah, she's human garbage. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, 
Give it a try. Honestly, I think you, you're going to like it, but it's not going to make it to your best of list or anything. Nah. Uh, there's a few deleted scenes on here. Actually, about 17 minutes of deleted scenes, and then just a few EPKs in a gallery. Not a lot, but you wouldn't really expect a lot with this type of indie film. Uh, that actually brings us to the end of Digital Noise. I was going to ask you, I mean, Jesus, we're at 34 minutes. Holy <laughs> crap. Short week, but that's fine. You guys are like, whoo. What's that? You want to know what I had for lunch this week? No. Okay, well, let's start. wonder if there's something else that you've been watching lately that you would really recommend. Uh, movie-wise? Not movie really. Movie or TV show. Man, I'm I'm so behind the times now because uh, time is at a premium. Uh, but I just finished season three of The Flash and fuck that show. It's not the best season of that show. Fuck that show. <laughs> Did it really make you reach that point of fuck that show? Well, I was like, no, please don't make it be that. Please don't make it be that. Okay, that's what it is. Fuck that show. <laughs> <laughs> I I was not terribly happy with season three, but I do recommend if you want to watch good shows, uh, shows for superheroes, uh, Supergirl season two is actually pretty tight. Okay, that's next on the list. And uh, believe it or not, after the terrible first season, don't tell me Legends. Second season of Legends is tight, man. What? Did yeah. they get rid of Hawk Girl? Uh, yes. Okay. So both the Hawk people are gone. All right. And uh, they bring in some new characters that are really good. And this season they just kind of went. You know, I think the problem, we were taking it too seriously the first season. Yeah. This time, let's just go, fuck it. Okay. And there's, like, George Lucas is a character in it, like a young George Lucas. And yeah. like, they accidentally make him not want to be a film director, which changes the lives of them. You know, because, pluses like, and minuses. Because, like, one of the characters is, like, a history expert, but now he's not. He's losing it because Indiana Jones never got made. <laughs> and that was his inspiration. <laughs> the other one's, like, a physicist and, like, like... He's not anymore because Star Wars never got made. And it Oof, was like, that's tough. And they're like, we've got to inspire George Lucas to make films again. <laughs> Meanwhile, being attacked by the three big bads of the CW universe. Oof, so, oof. who are all teamed up. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, it's Reverse Flash. Yeah. Uh, or, no, is it Reverse Flash? Which, I, thought, I, can't I thought I heard that he was. Cause the, like, one, the one that like had the, the, the cop was his descendant. Who yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Reverse Flash. Okay. I always forget which is Professor Zim, which is Reverse Flash. Uh, Reverse Flash. Um, uh, d- uh, what's his name from Doctor Who? Uh, who's the Merlin from Arrow? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then the the dude who's like, who was, uh, I think, this last season of Arrow where he was like the, had the mystical object and he's super str- super strong and you're just almost invulnerable. With Man, I, I gave up I'm, on Arrow I'm blanking on I'm blanking on his name. He's a good character though. One of those actors who's like, oh, I've seen that guy in everything. Okay. And they're like, oh, that's kind of a fun team. And they all like, you know, I mean, it's they, they call them the Legion of Doom. And there's even a specific, <laughs> like a thing where they have a ship and it looks just like the Legion of Doom. Meanwhile. Super friends. I was like, okay, that's kind of cool i kind of like that all right oh yeah and jr tolkien they hook up with the young jr tolkien too dude, who, dude. of course the one guy's always constantly like he's like explaining stuff to him and like kind of paraphrasing lord of the rings and they're like <laughs> stop that shit <laughs> <laughs> uh anyway sorry we had talked about something else to fill up that time but yeah that's the end of digital noise for this week i will be back very soon with marco to record another episode and then hopefully very soon after that with joe although i gave him a little bigger bigger stack this time for, for but the there's show. a little more incentive to watch yeah there is you've got a lot better stack for the next show uh thank you for listening 